What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassib. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It's my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but it is still one of my favorite things to do. Reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from Cherokee, North Carolina via Zoom. Brent Blakeney. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Glad we, uh, glad we finally got to do this. I know we've been so full disclosure to the listeners. First of all, I have to thank the a new low podcast network and the uh, a new low the podcast itself. We're using their Zoom uh, because it's been one of those things where Zoom hasn't been free for a while, and I was like, I really want to get Brent on the podcast, but I also don't want to pay like thirty something dollars <laughs> to get the unlimited Zoom. So I reached out to the uh, network I do my sports podcast on, Cheers from the Press Box, a new low podcast network. And they're like, yeah, you can use the Zoom. So I had to give them a plug right up front. Um, we've been trying to do this for a little while. We have. I've been following your journey um, in sobriety <laughs> since you got sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fun because we just met – before we were saying we've been talking for a little while about trying to do this. And I think you were trying to do it before I even got sober. I think I was. Because, <laughs> well, before we get too far into anything, plug yeah. everything up front. I know you're touring like crazy. You just put your don't tell set up online. Let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah. Um, biggest thing is you can go to right now. You can go to cleanishcomedy.com. Uh, that's got all my tour dates and stuff. Uh, myself and my partner, Carolyn, uh, we're, we do a two-person show. We do individual shows. We do everything, but all the information can be found there. And yeah, if you want to check out uh, my dry bar special, uh, dry bar—that's what it was. Dry bar. There's a big clip on uh, YouTube that's available, or if you go to the dry bar plus, you can use uh, the promo code Brent Blakeney, and that'll get you, I think, a month free of their full subscription. It's like Netflix for super clean comedy so that's awesome that you got that's um i get so happy when i see people have the the dry bars or the don't tells because it used to be like oh comedy central and that was it and then that kind of fell by the wayside now there's all these other different platforms that are like no we actually have a pretty big reach and we're we'll put your stuff out so that's that's awesome man congratulations thank you yeah the dry bar facebook stuff alone has like eight million followers so that's you know a reach that I couldn't, could never get yeah. on my own. Yeah, what are we, <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, even the most like popular comedians that we know tour arenas and stuff, they don't even have, you know, 8 million, followers. 8 million followers on anything. So yeah, it's actually insane. Once you get up to, cause this happened last night, I was out on McDougal street, uh, hanging out with a couple comedy friends, Shout out Katie Blunt, who's a friend of the show. Uh, she was barking, so we were just hanging out. And these comics would walk by, and she's like, uh, comedy show, comedy. And I go, that's so-and-so. And she's like, oh, I'm not sure who that is. And then I'd show her their Facebook, or excuse me, their Instagram, and it would be like 433,000 followers. And she's like, oh, I should probably know who that is. But it was funny because, to your point, these are big, huge comics, and other like I was out there with another comedian and she didn't even know who they were. So it's like, oh, yeah, like the reach that some of these platforms have, we can't even like think about. Yeah. And I mean, and we, I think, being so involved in it and knowing a lot of the players like we just associate so and so with this huge yeah. following. And it's like, oh, how do you not know 
who they yeah. are, but it's, you know, I mean, but I always think about it like who, who's my mom heard of? That's, like, the, that's, that's the thing. The level. That's how I do it at work because I work at a Swinky Steakhouse and I out, I will steer the conversation a lot of times to like moving to New York for comedy. It's right. easy to do because people would be like, you know, say they say one little thing about New York and they go, ah, I'm not really sure. I just moved here. And they go, why'd you move here? And you go, oh, comedy. Like, <laughs> but a lot of times people go, oh, we love comedy. And I'll go, oh, who's your favorite comic? And they'll be like, Robin Williams. And I'm like, you don't know. They'll be like, who's your favorite comic? And I'll be like, Bill Burr or Tom Segura. And they're like, oh, we haven't heard of him. And yeah. I'm like, they're like, is he new? And I'm like, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, it's super underground. He's really in the open mic scene around the village. I don't know if you're are familiar. <laughs> yeah, he didn't just like host SNL or anything. Like yeah, that. right. He's just real, real underground. Doesn't own his own company that produces so much content for comics everywhere. Just real underground kind of guy. Um, this Shane Gillis SNL thing is wild, dude. So wild. I know. <laughs> I'm excited. They fired him. Yeah, before and now he he's hosting. Even, and now he's gonna host. It's. I'm excited. I've been this I've, excited for an SNL in a while. I know this is crazy because. So for those of you listening who don't know, Shane Gillis, hilarious comedian, now lives in Austin, was originally a New York, well, Philly, then New York guy. He got hired on SNL. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who Shane Gillis, is, that's a <laughs> but he got hired on SNL and then fired like almost immediately within three days. And now because of saying something uncouth on a podcast and fast forward five years, six years, he's going to host it. Yeah. God, talk about eating crow. Right. And it's, I, I can't, I kind of can't. can't believe it. I, I honestly can't believe it. Lauren doesn't seem like the kind of person, just from the stories I've heard, mm-hmm. where he would be like, yeah, so let's, let's have him host it. This is going to be great. Like, he doesn't seem like that kind of, anyway, I don't no. know. I never met him, but maybe he is. Uh, let's talk about you. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. Um, this is, I'm going to be honest. This is, it's hard. It's, this is, this is going to be the most, I think this is going to be the unfunniest episode because, <laughs> like, I still take a lot of this stuff a little hard on myself. So, yeah. But, you know, let's do it. Why not? Well, no, yeah. And that's the thing is, like, every episode doesn't have to be all ha ha's and he he's. It's one of those things. I mean, I got, I've talked about, I've cried before on this show when I talked about my last drunk when I first started doing the show. It was one of those things where it was like, it's really weird to relive that situation because mine wasn't like a, oh, I got drunk and texted an ex. Mine was like, oh, I woke up in a hospital and the doctor's like, you you, you shouldn't be here. Dude. You should be dead. Yeah. You should have died a few hours ago. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, damn it, man. <laughs> I don't, so like, it's, I, it's so weird to think how after all that stuff and it's like, I think a big part of the recovery journey is like learning to carry that stuff and like mm. that's the longer like not drinking is easy it's carrying that weight from when you were drinking i think that's that's the like hard part yeah and for me a lot of it has been the like you said the physical act of not drinking isn't the most difficult part for me it's been like the guilt and the shame that comes. And luckily I've championed it and kind of turned those stories into bits. And it's a lot of my act and the one man show. So I've really, I've really taken it back as it were, but it's, it's still hard. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, you say the wrong thing to the wrong, not even the wrong thing, but I'll just like be talking to people and I'll be like, yeah, that one time I faked paralyzed. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> or you're like, you know, I've got scars all over my body from, you know, when I used to hurt myself and then when I would get drunk and get into fights and stuff. And it's like, Weird having to explain that to my new girl. Well, not my new girlfriend, but my current girlfriend's yeah. 96 year old grandmother. <laughs> and she's like, what's that on your arm? And it's like, uh, I used Ow. to have really bad, you know, anxiety and I would drink too much and I'd get into fights. Like, it's just a weird thing that, you know, we're different people now. I think we're the same people. We just are in different situations. Yeah. But, but to still have to explain some past behavior to people who don't know, you're like, well, blah, 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 blah. I'm not that guy anymore. Uh, yeah. I'm not that guy. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really, really tough. And I don't know, I'm sure you talked, you know, you've talked about it on here, but that one man show is killer, dude. Oh, like, yeah. I appreciate you saying so. Yeah, yeah. I I listened to it like, yeah, like a week or two ago and, whew, oh boy, that, uh, 
the part I don't know if it's like spoilers or not, but the part No, every I've told everyone of our stories <laughs> on here a million times. Well, the part that got me, I was I was I had it playing in my headphones when I was at the gym and I Oh, that's a that's a weird it was a, yeah, it was, a weird, it was a little bit weird. <laughs> the part where your cousin said uh like they would float you if you would stay sober for 30 days. Yeah, my cousin and shout out to Tom, he listens to the podcast. He lived in Oklahoma City, and after I blew through all that money, he was like, "Hey, man, if you," he's like, "You you have nothing right now." He's like, "Move to Oklahoma City. You can stay with me. We'll do comedy every night." So I did, but I was getting drunk and going on stage. And my cousin was like, "Listen, I've been doing comedy up here for a couple years. You're a good comic. If you can stay sober and actually yeah. write and give a shit for thirty days, I'll start booking you on showcases." That's what he said. Yeah, and the the line about like just what happened. Yeah. That was the, I was like, oh no, like that. <laughs> I've like, I've never been in that specific situation, but it definitely put me in a place mentally where I was like, oh, that just, oh, that's a lot. That's heavy. Yeah. That's heavy. Man. Yeah. It was, I mean, I appreciate you saying so for the listeners. My uh, cousin found me after 28 days of that 30 days, I started drinking and my cousin walked into the back room where I was staying and I was watching burn notice on my iPhone. <laughs> and this is old iPhones. This is 2013 iPhone. So it's like tiny. And I was doing shots of uh, sailor Jerry sitting at a little like wobble desk, like one of those like makeshift desks. Um, it's not a real desk. It's like literally two sets of legs and a, like a little small table. It's like a TV, a TV tray. Yeah, I basically yeah. turned that into my desk. And he walked back there and he goes, he, he asked me, he said, what happened? And I looked at him straight in the face and I said, I don't know. Yeah. I just was drinking and I couldn't, I was like, what the, because in your head as an alcohol, for me as an alcoholic, I'm like, yeah, what, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, yeah, I said I wasn't going to drink, but now I'm drinking and there's so many underlying factors. I wanted to, um, I do appreciate you saying so. Everybody yeah, go yeah. watch the one man show, but I wanted to ask you because I know we're going to talk a lot about drinking and we'll probably definitely have to have you back on uh proper when you come up to New York and we'll get you in the studio. Yeah. But I hope I don't burn all comedy, my good stories. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> with the comedy thing, how did that even start for you? Cause where are you originally from? You're not originally oh, from man. the South. Yes. From the South. Uh, I'm originally, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia and loved stand up my whole life. Uh, grew up watching it with my dad and so that's how you found it was watch it was through your dad mm -hmm. yeah i okay. remember it, it's so weird and uh not get ahead of myself um i the big part was uh sinbad's hbo specials when they were coming out like i mean i was yeah. i probably wasn't even 10 and we were watching you know uh son of a preacher man and uh like all those specials and um you know, this guy, Sinbad, he's talking about growing up being a black kid in the 70s, and I'm this suburban white kid in 1990, <laughs> and I'm still finding it's still the funniest thing in the world to me. Yeah. And that was really, that was really the first time I remember loving it. And then I was on the cusp of uh, a lot of, when I was in high school, it was, you know, Dane Cook was popping off, like all, yeah. and it was just starting to turn into that Mitch Hedberg was just starting to turn into like the popularity that I think comedy has today. And I just, I loved it. Fast forward to grad school and I'm working at this place. Uh, and one of my coworkers, friend of mine, uh, Dan, we both love stand up and we would talk about it all the time. And we found out there was a satellite comedy zone in our town. Where'd you and, go to grad school? Uh, <sighs> Liberty University. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's a good school. It's all right. Uh, it's got some baggage attached to it. Oh, does so, it? Yeah. Liberty, okay. like the I'm... Jerry Falwell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Super <laughs> Christian. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I know Liberty because their football team has been playing pretty well the last couple of years. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, um, so that's why I was like, oh, yeah, good school. And you're like, yeah. Uh, got, uh, there's also a documentary on Hulu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about, um, about all that. Yeah, when I when I was there, uh, it was like 2000, 
2009, 2012, uh, Rashad Jennings was our running back. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he... Uh, I don't know where he ended up. He didn't, I mean, he, it was crazy. He made it, he made it to the NFL. I don't know uh, exactly where he ended up. I think he was with the Giants originally. Anyway, um, so Lynchburg, Virginia, where Liberty was, had a comedy zone room. And my friend Dan and I dared each other. We're like, hey, if you do the open mic, I'll do the open mic. And uh, that was where it started. He played for my Jacksonville Jaguars from 09 to 2012, Oakland Raiders, and then the New York Football Giants. Okay, so he started. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was on the Jaguars for a little while. Yeah, I didn't know he started he, there. Uh, he ended up playing. He took. He retired in 2016 and then came back in 2022 to play for a flag football, fan-controlled football league. Oh. So. Sorry. I'm so used to being on my computer and zooming on the sports podcast. That when like, where, did, where did he play? I just naturally was like, I'll get it. No, what you did I did, on that. But like you were looking at it and the way you were looking at your screen, I'm like, oh, did the whole thing freeze? Like the whole, oh no, he was just in the zone. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh man, it, yeah, the hotel internet glitched out. Um, but yeah, we did the open mic and the guy who was running, the guy who was running that room uh, was uh, his name was Mike Hall. Yeah, okay. rest, he rest in peace. Um, oh. But he was running that room, but he was really connected to Charlotte, which was there is the comedy zones. Like that's um, their main club, right? Yeah. 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 So he eventually left Lynchburg and went back to Charlotte and he kind of mentored me for the first like eight months to a year. And he's like, Hey, if you ever want to come to Charlotte, you've got, I know a guest spot on anything. I'll get you in blah, blah, blah. And that, Oh wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So that hit. And then I just ran with it after that. That was 2011. So damn. Yeah. May. Isn't it weird how those like interactions can literally change the trajectory of your entire career? Because, you know, has that ha- have that not happened? You could have been like, ah, eh, you know, maybe I'm not making as much progress. Cause I know for me, it's the case where it's like, I was doing open mics, but because it's Florida, it's South Florida at the time. And like, I'm doing like one every couple of weeks. And then it took like a comic fast forward, you know, years. It took a comic like coming through that saw me, like we were at a show together or something and saw me and was like, Hey dude, like that was really good for me to be like, Oh, maybe I can actually do something with this. Yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's weird how like that one, and like when I moved to New York and then befriend uh, me and Matt Fulcheron become really good friends like that changed the entire outlook on how I viewed New York, because instead of just going to a ton of open mics and hanging out with like a bunch of comics on my level, I was fortunate enough to be like friends with Matt and then be introduced to like way bigger comics. Yeah. And then people are like, how the hell do you know so-and-so? It's like, oh, my buddy introduced me to him. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like you just moved here. So for you getting this opportunity to go to Charlotte um, and have a guest spot whenever you wanted and stuff like that was kind of like the push to be like, Oh, this is, this is what I'm going to do now. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I mean, and especially after you kind of get out of the, just the open mic phase, uh, having someone connected to the zone and you know, that helped just having him push my name kind of forward, like, Hey, give this guy a shot, give this guy a shot. And I mean, yeah, yeah. I put, and I'm in a, on the other hand, I probably did – I did a lot of stuff before I was ready. Like, I think I did my first road weekend, like, maybe 18 months into comedy. Holy shit. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, it was – it was. It How was, did that go? Not good. Not at all. No. I was out there doing – You were headlining 18 months into no, comedy? No, 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 Just featuring. Just featuring. Oh, but, okay. But okay, even okay, still, okay. like, I mean, I'm, I'm going up with – I mean, I did not – there was not a lot of stage time to be had – uh, in Lynchburg. So, you know, going other places occasionally. I mean, I did not have the stage experience, the comedy experience, the stage experience to be doing paid feature weekends, like 18. Yeah. That's in, that's insane for the environment that I came out of. Um, but I mean, it's also, it's also an interesting thing too, because it just, it's, it all is based on where you are. So yeah, like absolutely. I started in South Florida and there was like, you know, there's, so much going on. I wouldn't say an abundance of comedy, but there's so much entertainment and stuff going on. So 
Like comedy isn't like something that's super high up on the totem pole. And then, you know, I go to Daytona and Jacksonville where we've built these, not me personally, but like other people have built these insulated, like pretty good, like good scenes. Yeah. And there's like comedy all the time. And then you move to New York and I was, God, 11 years in when I got to New York and they were like, how many followers? No, bro. Open mics are that way. And you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> But it's a weird thing because... 11 years in, I moved to New York City and I have to start doing open mics again. And you're talking about how after 18 months, you were like, no, nah, I started featuring after 18. So it's all just like a lot of it is, you know, a lot of it is talent. And you're obviously hilarious, but it's it's also a lot of, to do with like location. Yeah. Like I you mean, said, like if there's not an abundance of like comics or comedians, they'll be like, no, this guy's good. Like bring him. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, have like, no, we have no, okay. what do we have to go off of? Like we have no other frame of reference for. <laughs> he, he made can... me laugh at a party once. Bring yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you do thir- can you do 35 you got 35 in you do the thing do the thing you yes. did at the party with the beer do the yeah. thing <laughs> just do that for 22 minutes fast um, forward the cops are there like they told me what they told me to do i they just said do the thing i, said, I know i hold the i hold the bottle with my butt cheeks what are we doing <laughs> so they said it was cool when did you um did you start after that 18 months where, and you like started featuring and stuff? Did you just go into comedy full time or were you still like doing other things? No. So that was, uh, so I guess I was in, I was in Virginia the first like eight months and then I moved to, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. And that got, so, so before those 18 months, like I probably spent a year or so eight months to a year in Raleigh, uh, getting involved with the scene there doing, I mean, just way more stage opportunity to yeah. kind of hone it. But I mean, it was still, you know, great for what I needed, but so kind of that Raleigh's great and it's got a great scene. There's some really talented people, but it's not, you know, it's obviously not in New York or in LA or in Atlanta. Like you're still kind of middle of the roading it. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing, too, with the smaller scenes is, like, I was talking to somebody about this last night was it's weird because in Jacksonville, it's, you know, we're all putting on our own shows and we're all friends. So it'll be, like, one of those things where, hey, can I jump on this and get, like, and you don't even think twice about it where you're just like, hey, yeah, I want to do five. Let me just jump on and do five. Like, who cares? Yeah. Um. And then you move to these bigger markets and it's like, oh, no, there's a structure like you can't just jump on and do five at your buddy show like you can. But it's also like, well, no, like we already overbooked this lineup because so many people were asking to get on it. There's close to 10,000 comedians in the city. So it's like, no, we can't just throw you up to throw you up. I went to the stand last night and they were doing the um the streaming showcase. Mm-hmm. So it's like everybody who's like, they rap and like, who's like up and coming, which I've aged out of that group. Completely, <laughs> which is hilarious. Cause I'm looking at the lineups and I'm like, I know like half of these people and I'm like in comedy, like yeah. I'm in it. And I'm like, I maybe know half of these people on this lineup. I was like, how is this possible? And it's like, well, New York's just a big place. And it's like, Oh yeah. The opportunity to live here is awesome because you get to be around all this stuff, but it's also like, so does everybody else. Yeah. So it's like being like, there's a lot of times I miss Jacksonville because it's like, oh yeah, I can't just go do like three shows tonight because I can't get booked. And then people will text me and be like, hey man, I'm coming to New York. Can you get me on some shows? It's like, I can't get me on some shows. Like, <laughs> so for you being in the South and then having this opportunity to like start touring more and more, do you think that really helped your development? Like as far as, obviously as far as comedy? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, being thrown in the fire yeah and it's it's so weird because i i actually really appreciate how i came up and what i'm doing um because i'm doing i feel like the the path i took is more along the lines of what i want to do as opposed to hitting that point and i'm you know obviously no shade being thrown at people to do this like I don't think all the shade, all the shade. I cannot believe all these idiots do this, <laughs> like reach a certain point and then move to New York uh, uh, or L.A. Like I, I, more <laughs> I just know for who I am and the people I'm trying to reach are 
like it's not in the I would not have thrived in a city yeah. in that kind of environment. I, I, however, I do comedy and my style, I think very much works with people that it, it's so the way I explain it is this. You can go to New York and LA and you, like you said, you got 10,000 people and there are 10,000 comics and they're all of a certain, and there's a very specific style to those places where mm-hmm. I love going goddamn to, liberals. That's a yeah. fucking style. And I hate it. <laughs> there's the Florida coming out. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, uh, <laughs> the P you get to, as soon as you leave those cities, it's not about this whatever comedy culture we're involved in it's just yeah. about entertainment that's the weird thing is like in the city it's so every that's so succinctly put in the city everyone's like obsessed with like this idea of comedy which i am too that's why i feel yeah. so well in the city but it's one of those things where there's like there's like new york famous comics if that makes sense yes like absolutely they run the new york comedy scene they they're they're passed at every major club they get up all the time and you have nobody would know who they are unless yeah. you were like in comedy. And before I moved here, I kind of knew who they were on like a tertiary level. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know them, know them. Yeah, it's those but people they're... that like people like if you're if you love comedy and you're willing to go like two layers down, you'll find them. But the average, you know, Netflix watcher isn't going to hear, you know. Yeah. And they make plenty of money because they're passing all the clubs, so you know you're getting 50 to a hundred dollars a spot and you're doing four or five spots a night, then yeah, like you can yeah. make a really good living just hanging out in New York, doing a podcast with your buddies. And you know, you get to meet some of the most famous comics in the world. Cause a lot of them have places here and then you just have them come on your show. But it's not, it's so weird because it's not like this mass appeal. And to your point, I yeah. completely agree with that where it's like, at the point I was at in my career to move, I was so blinded by this, like New York or LA, New York or LA, New York or LA, because that's the next step. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. You go, you work your ass off, you get good, and then you move to New York or LA. And after being here, I'm going to tell you a secret. <laughs> after being here for almost three years, I'm kind of like, I fucking should have stayed. There's a part of me, not 100%, but there's a part of me that's like, I had, I had it. Like I had a house that had a separate room for a podcast studio. I was working in a, a, a good enough restaurant to where I was making pretty good money for Jacksonville. And I could go up on any show whenever I wanted to. Yeah. And again, there's a big part of me that loves living in New York, but, and obviously with the comedy scene here, but it's kind of like, I wonder what would have happened with the trajectory of my career had I stayed. Because it's not like I've had any fucking huge break. That's the other problem, too, is people get blinded by this, like, oh, I'll move to a big city and catch a break. It's like, I've been here for three years, and I'm I'm pretty good at comedy, and I'm pretty good <laughs> at hosting podcasts, and I haven't caught, I haven't fucking caught gonorrhea, let alone a break. <laughs> Ow! Sorry, we'll bleep that. We'll bleep that for the... Uh, yeah! Um, so for you, you've made a conscious decision to be like, the people I want to reach and the people I want to talk to are in these smaller areas or not, you know, smaller compared to like giant cities. So you were like, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay in the South. I, to, to a point. Yes. I think that, um, I, hey, I watched, genius. I watched so a lot of, uh, yeah. I, and I watched honestly too. I watched a lot of, uh, New York comics, especially like on the feature level. Um, and some headliners too, honestly, would come to like good nights in Raleigh a and a huge, all like five shows and every show just bombing. And they're, uh, and I'm, I'm watching them and they like, can't figure it out. And, and I'm sitting there like, this is the most obvious thing in the world. You're talking, <laughs> you just have a piece of hay in your mouth. And yeah. So I'm going to talk to you. Come here, let talk to you real quick. Come on, sit, sit down over here. Let me, let me give you a little bit of advice. Um, well, one, I'm like, what you just like, folk. you did 25 minutes on the subway. Like, what do you think? Yeah. These people are going to connect with. And it's just, it's a oh, different, Mike, you got to tell me who some of these comics are. This is hilarious. <laughs> I will. You know what? I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one on Mike that, uh, okay. That one show and then figured it out the rest of the weekend was, uh, Steve Rogers. 
Oh, good yeah. friend, of, friend of the podcast. Yeah, Steve, uh, he came in, and this was, and I mean, this was in the middle of, this was when it was like so social distancing, half full club. He came in, and I was were hosting. You, guys, well, you were in North Carolina, this is in North Carolina? Yeah, yeah, this is in Raleigh. Okay, and, you guys uh, were doing that, the half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. uh I mean, it's probably we weren't. I'm, I'm full disclosure. I'm not trying to got you or set you up or anything. In Florida, we weren't. We shut down in March. I got a call in fucking July, being like, "You ready to come back to work?" By August, we were back to like full capacity. No, we did. COVID lasted like four months for Florida. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were all kind of jealous. Uh... <laughs> you know, I tried to tell everybody nobody wanted to listen. <laughs> I said, "You guys." Just drink your Clorox and you're going to be fine. <laughs> just right at the base of the neck. It'll just the base. And then just you're good to go. Yeah. You ever see I said, Pulp why Fiction? are you crying? Just Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you feel the adrenaline needle with Clorox bleach and you shove it in your heart. I don't know where my heart is. I can't find my heart. But your heart. Great. Big heart. <laughs> the biggest heart. I'm excited, um, man. 2024, Papa Bear's back. Oh my gosh! Uh, I be, can't believe. I it. keep doing that around Florida or Florida. I keep doing that around New York, and people have gotten to the point where they don't know if I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know if you're and kidding. To, to be honest with you, I've been doing the bit so long. I don't know if I'm kidding or not <laughs> yeah, anymore. You tell, if you tell a lie long enough, eventually it becomes I, the it becomes true. <laughs> Papa I've been such an ironic pro-Trump person that I uh, think I'm becoming a pro-Trump person. I, I mean, honestly, like, there, there's... I, Let's talk about it. Well, okay. Well, no, I, all I want to say is I'm, I'm, I have this bit in my act right now that I need it to be Trump and Biden for the rest. Like, I can't have anything to mess it up because oh, that's, yeah. like, the premise of the bit, and it's one of my favorite things to do right now. So if, like, the whole Colorado and thing and Trump gets kicked off the ballot, I'm like, well, now I got merch? What am I – I'm sitting on merch for this? <laughs> not merch. <laughs> I'm sitting on merch. I'm on oh, it doesn't matter how many ballots they take him off. He's winning this election. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to tell people. And I'm not, not like, and I'm not even being facetious right now. It's because the liberals have had this elitist attitude towards the rest of the country, and they fucking don't like it. And yeah. then that's how he won the first time. And then the whole thing happened with the last election. And now people are even more pissed off. If you don't want to run Michelle Obama, you're gonna keep losing. Like I keep <laughs> like nobody wants to listen. Um, but that's what do so I? Know? I only studied politics my entire fucking yeah, adult life. Mean, uh, oh, we got to get off. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about so you're in North Carolina you see Steven Rogers he goes on stage uh, check out his album before he was super hilarious album and so you saw him and he like the first show is like a little rocky and then he just figures it out he's like oh yeah maybe these people aren't relating to my New York material let's talk about well and it wasn't stuff. even necessarily the material I think that gets people a lot of times when they come down it's the style so I think yeah. New York has a very like if if I were to pick, I mean, I, you know, Mark Norman, Sam Morrill right now, like two dudes that came, I feel like came heavy out of New York, the most New York comics. Yeah, Sam, for sure. Um, like that style doesn't I don't think that style plays well in the South. Like you got to slow it down. You got to be a little more intentional with what you're saying. It's yeah. not just throwing these really fast. And Steve kind of had that fast New York style for the first show. And then, you know, we were talking about it and he's like, ah, I just don't. And I was like, you know, just slow it down a little bit. Be intentional what you say. And I mean, he just it clicked and he just he rocked it all weekend. Yeah. And that's an interesting point you bring up, because when I came from the South to New York, I'm a storyteller. I'm a dark storyteller. And that's my brand of comedy. That's my yeah. style. And people were like, no, New York, you got to bang, 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 bang. And I was like, I don't do I don't, comedy yeah. that way. And over time, I've learned to like do that. But it's still like when I go back home and do shows and stuff, it's still so much more fun to be like, everybody sit down. I'm going to talk. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah, talk yeah. at you for a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. this whole like, it's like, it's exhausting. And also, it I'm secret, I'm not that good of a writer. So it's like. <laughs> 
I'm a very good writer when it comes to like says the guy who wrote stuff. a one man show. Like what? Well, when it when it comes to like imagery and long form, I can write really well. But that whole like misdirect setup punch, I'm like I I've never. I understand that's the basis of comedy is set up punch. I've never written like that ever in my me, life. Me either. It's like, do you do what you, I don't know, man. I think, I think that's the, that's the damn New York brainwashing. That's just uh, fucking liberal brainwashing. Getting brainwashed by whoever's in charge now. Almost said Newsom out of the country. Mayor uh, Adams is over <laughs> here like, you know what? Just give me, give me Papa Bear to be the mayor. Get him to be the president. Get him to be the governor. And we're going to be just fine. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I love that. Was that was it Adams that did that video about like going through your kid's room? Yeah, that, that was, was the video <laughs> that was on every podcast. The funniest thing. Oh my god! All right, um, well, you just gotta set a punchline. Oh, look at this! <laughs> look at this! <laughs> look at this! <laughs> I want to talk to you because you have been sober now for coming on two years, three years, uh, four hundred and fifty-seven days. Okay, so a little over a year, fifteen Keep, months. You're not still keeping a day count, are you? Come on, man. I do. I, I, I do. I actually, I really do because I think that uh, one, it's funny. I was and trying two, to be silly, and you're like, no, actually. Well, I mean, I do think I, it is kind of silly, but at the same time, I don't know. It's just that the number to me makes it more because, like, when you start, you're like, hey, I got seven days, I got thirty days, yeah, I got sixty so for those- days. For those of you listening uh, in sober community, sober circles, it's called a day count. And when people say, are you, are you on a day count? That's where you have your newer or fresh back into sobriety. And you it's, uh, it's what it is. It's you're, you're, you're keeping track of the days you have. And that normally lasts till about, you know, three or four months. And by that time, I think everyone kind of falls off with keeping a day count. Uh, but it's it's really a motivational tool for yourself and then for the people around you. It helps them as well because it's like seven days. Like, that's nuts. Like, I can't remember the last time I had only seven days. Yeah. And yes. so you're at 435? 450, I think 457. <clears throat> oh, damn. Yeah. It's, I'm, to be it's, honest, I'm, gonna, I'm pulling up mine now because. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I got to. Uh, yeah, 457. So, yeah, you have an app too. I see you looking at your phone. Yeah, I got an app. We all got apps for this stuff. <laughs> we got apps. I got okay. bracelets. got coins. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> we're like a... Uh, um, you want to get sober? Like, I hope you like collecting shit. <laughs> yeah, you want to get sober? I hope you like joining our uh, witchcraft. Um, but yeah, so the, we were talking about day counts and stuff. So yeah. you're at uh, 457. Yes. And I wanted yeah. to because we first met when you were still drinking. And I started this podcast and invited you on when you were still drinking because we met at a show in Jacksonville. Dude, I. Nighthawks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was which I was looking back. I was like, how it was killing me because I was like, how how do I know him? And it was like I was racking my brain and then I was just clicking through social media. Like on Facebook and I was like, see friendship. And I saw the poster that. I was stopping through Jacksonville one yeah. night on the way to another gig. And I know, and I was good friends with, uh, am good friends. Well, uh, with Marcus and Christina. Yeah. And they were he's like, not yeah, good friends with those two. Sweet, yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet people right? in the world. You bring him gummy bears and he's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the gummy bear gangster himself. But, um, yeah, at that place, which, was I was still drinking, and it was like a BYOB bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I because you had to, you on stage, you talked to you had a bit or something came up where you were talking about drinking because I was sober at the time because mm-hmm. I got sober in eighteen. Yeah, and was... I remember some. There was a bit or something where I was like, but it's funny you say that because so Marcus. And Christina, uh, too, Christina Shriver and Marcus Crespo, two very funny comedians out of Jacksonville, Florida. When I first came back, so I was doing comedy forever. And then 2015, I relapse. And because I used to get on stage drunk and like try to fight people like other comics, I'd be like, come get me off the stage. Um, I vowed in 2015 when I relapsed, I'm never going to get on stage drunk. Like I'm not doing that. So for three years, because I couldn't get sober for three years, I didn't touch a stage. And then I came back in 2018 and Christina and Marcus and uh, uh, Brian Ziola as well were three people who were like, oh, yeah, like we know you like you did comedy. 
Like, do you want to come do these shows? And I was like, just, and this is what we're talking about, about the smaller scenes and the family and the camaraderie. I was just back into stand up, and they were asking me to like be on shows with people like you, like bigger comics coming through the area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that was one of those shows where I was like freshly back. Oh my God. You and I happened to be on the show together, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then we ended up uh, keeping in touch, and, mm-hmm. um, Fast forward, if you don't mind me asking, because this is an interesting thing, because I always love it when I know people when they're drinking and then when they stop drinking, because I've seen both sides of the coin. Right. You know, even if it's from a distance. So for you, what was the thing in that from the time I met you to like, you know, you know, 15 months ago, what was the thing that happened where you were like, okay, I got to hang this up? Um, I uh, lost a relationship Uh, over it. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was, I never, I, I'm, and I mean, I'm going to say this, like, and I never, never got a DUI, never went to the hospital, uh, never anything like that, but it just, I was, I was not a good person. Um, and I lost, uh, I lost a relationship over it. And it really uh, upended my whole life. Um, yeah, it'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I say it in the one-man show, man. I had to watch the love of my life marry somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And. And with social media, it's like, oh, great. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I can't. It's like. And then it's you like. You guys look so beautiful. Oh, oh, oh I love oh, this. Those colors. Oh. Oh, it's supposed to be mine. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> shit. That was my way. <laughs> so I totally understand uh, that that sentiment because it's like, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too is like, I don't, I'm not one of these guys who's like, oh, people have to like get in like serious trouble. Like a bottom's a bottom. Yeah. And for anyone, I mean, obviously, you know, you're the way you're talking about it now and just the, the tone in your voice, it's obviously it was something that greatly affected you where you were like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the over the course of i would say 6 years yeah so probably 6 years it was just this steady decline of my just me as a person <coughs> like i just consistently you know i mean tail is old as time when it comes to booze like yeah just you just you lose yourself you lose you start making these concessions because you think they're small concessions. And then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I've given up Every, who I am entirely yeah, as a exactly, person. Exactly. And so it's when like, that. Yeah, I'm normally always on time for work. I can be a little late. I'm hungover. It's like I never drink and drive. I'm a little buzz. And then the next thing you know, it's like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. 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 And I mean, being, I guess, uh, 2018, I went full time stand up. And oh, that's awesome! That it, but the road. No wonder you were reaching out to Nighthawks to be yeah, like, <laughs> whatever, Anything, whatever, any kind of. But throw I, but me I twenty knew. bucks for gas. I'm <laughs> yeah. fine. I, I mean, and I was just that was like on the way to another, like the drive for me would have been like twelve hours, and I yeah. was like, I don't want to. There's no way. So I was like, well, I'll just drive halfway to Jacksonville. Oh yeah, Christina yeah, and Marcus sense. try to do a sh- you know hit up Christina like can I get on a show, and then I'll drive you know split the drive yeah, so yeah yeah. But the I mean honestly the the road touring I mean say what you want about the venues we perform in and kind of the alcohol culture that's just around comedy in general yeah that's the big. lonely hotels on the road are that's the worst yeah that's um. I don't obviously I'm doing I love how we were talking about the New York thing earlier and I'm like yeah I don't really leave the city it's like, you <laughs> fucking hypocrite piece of shit uh, but it is interesting I went to Philly uh, with Matt Folstron he let me feature for him in Philly and you know the whole thing like you separate ho- you know you got me in my own hotel room and we're doing the thing and I, it was the first time because with my alcoholism and drug addiction, I haven't had the the regular trajectory of most comics. Like normally you get in, you work your ass off, you start emceeing and then you feature and then you headline. But for me, because of my drugs and alcohol, 
um, and arrests and jail time and hospitals. Like my path is weird because it's like I come in and I work my ass off and like I might host a show or two and then like I would go out. Yeah. And then I would be gone for six months and then I would come back and work my ass off. And so that's why I'm 35 doing comedy, you know, on and off for 14 years. And I'm still doing open mics, you know, <laughs> two or three times a week because it's like I got this new bit and I got nowhere to do it. Um, <laughs> but it is it was cool because it was the first time I was ever like, I got my own hotel room. Like I'm just chilling before the show. And you're absolutely right, because I didn't bring I brought my laptop with me, but the Internet wasn't really working. And, you know, mm -hmm. with computers nowadays, if the Internet doesn't connect, you can't do anything. Yeah. You can't even open up like apps on your computer because you have to have a connection. Um, and that loneliness. Yeah. Of like just sitting in a room, like watching the shit that's on the regular cable TV, oh, yeah. trying <laughs> to pass the time for like six hours. Dude, I did it for one weekend a couple like a month ago and i was like oh this is brutal yeah 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 it's and it you do be. that like 50 weekends a year 40 weekends a year yeah i uh i bring i bring my xbox oh and, that's smart because i mean but that's got you know not just i'm not gaming all weekend but you know netflix hbo like it's got all the streaming services yeah so that helps but yeah, the especially any and more more after, more like after. Oh, dude, the worst. I'll tell you the worst. Yeah, the, the worst is when you would have a gig and it was in the hotel. Oh, so it's like it there. That's <clears throat> those are uh, those are no rules weekends. Yeah, you're doing it before the show because what? Yeah, I don't have to go. I have to ride an elevator and talk on stage for thirty minutes. Like, so you're you just do, hanging out. You're just hanging out. I'm just before the show, just a oh, little Red Bull vodka to get me going, and then drink at the <laughs> show, and then what? I just got to stumble up a ho, you know, stumble up an elevator to get. You back just have to, to stumble room. into an elevator and hit a yeah, button. Yeah, you're good. Just gotta, just gotta remember which button. Okay. What room? What's the floor? <laughs> you guys remember the floor? <laughs> God, so when did you first start drinking though as a as a kid? Uh I didn't I started later. I mean still whatever. Uh not probably not really until my freshman year of college. Okay, so we I, were on the I didn't start drinking until late in my senior year of high school. Yeah, 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 you said that cuz yeah, I thought that was interesting in your show about how you started later than yeah, so everyone early. else in my family drank earlier than yeah. me, and I drank later and became the one with the problem. I, I used to do this bit, but I remember one time we went to a, a family thing in Ohio because we never went there for the winter, ever. Um, everyone always came to see us in Florida, obviously, because it's nicer. And I remember we were in Ohio in a basement like doing Thanksgiving or something. I can't remember, but it was the entire family was there. And this is the funny, ironic thing about me becoming an alcoholic was – someone was like, well, let's do a toast. We're never all together. We'll, we'll cheers. Let's do a cheers, a toast. And as like a 10 year old kid, I was like, I don't want to toast you people. You're all alcoholics. <laughs> and like, I did in that like voice where it's loud enough for people to hear, even though I'm trying to make it seem like I don't want people to hear. And then fast forward 20 years. And it's like, I'm the one who has to go to meetings. I'm the yeah, one who has yeah. to, like went to rehab. And now my other family is like, yeah, remember that time? <laughs> And now you can't even drink anymore, you piece of shit. Remember that? Oh, my gosh. So for you, you know, freshman year of college, what was it? Be, did you grow up in like a stricter house or why, what was the reason it, it took you a little longer? Um, yeah, a little. I mean, not strict. Just uh, grew up in a, I don't know. I mean, you know, Southern Baptist. God-fearing household, God, yeah. baby. I, and I mean, you know, we weren't, my parents weren't. And our family wasn't like way, you know, off the deep yeah, end when it no, came to that. I, yeah, but it was I just like, that. hey, like. Because we've met those people before. Yeah. And, you know, my dad, uh, well, interestingly, I don't, whatever. Um, my dad kind of broke the chain in his family of like, you know, his dad was an alcoholic and blah, 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 and blah, blah. So genetically, it's like, it's in me. My Predisposition, dad, yeah. Yeah. My dad broke that. He wasn't. But, you know, he would have he would have beers and stuff in the summer, or, you know, all that. Okay. So he would still dinner. drink. It wasn't one of those things where he was like, Oh, you know, my father and his father were all heavy drinkers. So I'm just not going to drink at all. He was yeah. like, I just am aware of the situation. Exactly. And he's, cause I think, 
I think that's interesting. And you tell me if this is the same for you. I feel like had things broken a couple different ways, I would just be a heavy drinker like everyone else in my family. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's one of those things where, like we talked about before with the the great point that you brought up about like you keep making these concessions and then all of a sudden you have nothing left. I think that's very similar to how I like turned into it. Because when I first started drinking, I wasn't an alcoholic. I loved yeah. to drink and I loved the feeling it gave me with my anxiety and going away. But I wasn't like, oh, let's do this every day. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, I was doing it every day. So to your dad's point about being aware of it and knowing like, hey, I got to like keep this in check. I honestly think in my situation, and maybe the same for you, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but had I've been more vigilant about it. I, I feel like, cause now it's too late. Like I've, I've crossed yeah. the line and I'm, yeah, there's no going was. back, but I feel like had I been more vigilant when I was, cause I can tell you the exact time I became an alcoholic. I remember the summer I was drinking every single day because I, my anxiety was out of control and then I couldn't stop drinking after that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I just find that so fascinating that we do have a genetic predisposition for it, but your dad was like, we're going to, I'm not going to do this. I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Like what he had to go through as a kid. And then you were like, Hey dad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean the sad, the sad truth of it is until, until, uh, 457 days ago. I mean, I think people had an inkling of like, Hey, he might, he might be drinking a little too much. And yeah, but no one, I was, I was really good at hiding the amount because i'm i'm huge person yeah, you're six eight right six seven yeah six 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 seven uh so you know i we're could, on zoom you could have just been like yeah six, yeah eight. So six eleven i don't know i'm just heading out you know I played, for the, <laughs> I played for the hornets for a little while but it just wasn't you know it wasn't my thing this wasn't my thing but um <clears throat> excuse me uh i'm a haha man yeah, I got, I got, I actually, I do have a, I do have a bit about that, about like, you don't end up on this stage in this body without a couple left turns in your life. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good bit. Oh my God. That's hilarious. But um, like a fucking tight end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was, oh man, if I could go back, that's what I would have. Like I played a little, like I played like Pee Wee in freshman year, but I was, so much bigger than every other kid. They were like, "Oh, you're center," and I'm like, "I hate this." Yeah. So I quit. God, but if you could have gone back and played tight end, yeah. If I could, they would have like let me go through puberty all the way before they assigned me. So I like shot up and like leaned out a little bit. I, you know, I'm not. I got good hands too. I can catch football. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that, I think I would have loved that. A Somebody lot called the Panthers. We gotta. We yeah, gotta try out. I mean, they might as well at this point. Um, you could be one of the biggest guys on the team. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I'm just getting one of those Cam Newton hats. That's what I want. Oh um, God! But let's talk about that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I was never. I was really good at hiding it. I was really good at hiding. I mean, in, especially like I said, on the road, you're alone in hotel. Yeah, you're rooms. by yourself. There's, Who the you, fuck knows? Just, yeah, you put down. Well, that's the other thing too. Is like if you anybody listening, if you have a friend or even yourself, where you're like. Maybe if if people are looking at you thinking maybe he might be drinking too much, they're definitely drinking because what we're doing behind people's backs is insane. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, so like I, <laughs> I would show up to work like a little too drunk sometimes. And they'd be like, Brandon, why don't you slow down a little? And it's like, oh, you guys don't realize like I'm as soon as I clock out, like I'm going home, like I'm drinking airplane minis on my way home. Like yeah, I'm yeah. blacked yeah, yeah. out. I, uh, it's like, I, I called a car bar because I would. A car bar. <laughs> I would do I love those um, uh, Johnny Bootlegger. They're like, I, I, don't, I think they're maybe they might be ten ounces, and it's ba- it's basically two buck chuck, but in a new okay, in a new like Pre- presentation. F- yeah, in a new bottle. Um, but they were like twelve percent, and they were like two bucks, and I would just get a bunch of those. And before I would like go into a venue to perform, or before I would go into a bar to drink at night, I would just throw those back. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, I'm just saving money here. Okay, this is just financial responsibility. This is just being smart. Is this what priming this is. the pump. Okay, and yeah, it was it, like you said, it's behind people's backs, and what they don't know you're doing 
They're like, because oh, you that- go into the bar and then you have like two or three drinks, and people are like, okay, he only had two or three drinks. I don't yeah. know why he seems so drunk, but he only had two or three exactly. drinks. Exactly. Exactly. Morons. <laughs> yeah. He had a shot and a beer, and he's like stumbling. It's like you don't. This is this is nine and ten. This for- is my seventh shot. Actually. This is nine and ten for Papa Bear over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I. So when did you? Were you when you because you said you went to grad school? So when you were in college, were you just like ripping and running? Where did you go to undergrad at? Uh, I went to Christopher Newport University for a couple years, and then I transferred to Southeastern College in God, all these small Laban. schools. Yeah, a lot of small schools. Seeing at uh, Christopher Newport, CNU, where I started drinking. Um, I I don't think I was. I was just a college kid. I don't yeah. think it was, you know, it wasn't every day. It was maybe Fridays, Saturdays. Um, I wasn't old enough. You know, I was still underage, so I couldn't, like, go to bars at yeah. that time. I transferred before. Well, before this isn't that. a huge college town, so it's not like people are sneaking in and getting fake IDs and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's a dry – it was it was um, a dry campus. This, so this like, checks out. This yeah. checks out for – your story, a hundred percent. So, you know, anything we were doing had to be off campus or like super secretive. So it wasn't like we were having barn burner parties, yeah, and all that stuff. Unless you knew somebody who had a off campus house, and it had to be like significantly off campus, so no one like rode by and busted you. Yeah, but um, but yeah, was but this it, when the college football game happened? No, that was that was grad school. That was okay. Th- yeah, that was um, yeah. So. Uh, Liberty's football team was playing JMU, uh, and, uh, James Madison. Oh, I thought you said, because through the the zoom call, it it sounded like you said jam you. And I was like, (laughs) did he say JMU? James Madison. Great school. My uh, cousin, my, the cousin Tommy from the story. Uh Um, he went to uh, grad school there. Oh, nice. What years? So yeah, I've no fucking idea. Okay. (laughs) He's a year older than me, so I would have graduated high school in 06, so he would have been known at college in 10, so probably 10, 11, 12. Okay. Uh, he, was, he was probably at this game. Oh, uh, yeah. look at that. Yeah, Small this, world. This would, have been, this would have been 2010 or 11, somewhere in there. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I, Liberty was playing JMU at JMU, and the girl I was dating at the time went to JMU. Oh, for so we were both in grad school. So, but her undergrad was JMU, oh, okay. and her sister still lived in that town uh, with her, uh, with her boyfriend, and so we would go up to the games because they were still really into really into JMU football. And hell yeah, Liberty. what kind of girls you want to get in your life? <laughs> Tell you what, the Minutemen, right, James Madison. Uh. Duke Dukes, the Dukes. Yeah, the Dukes, the Duke dog, JMU Dukes. Oh yeah, it's the dog with the big floppy ears. Yeah, yeah, and the crown. Yeah, for, uh, yep. Let's crown a dog. Um, but Liberty, they went up there and we it's were no tailgating. Liberty, I'll tell you that it's no Liberty. That they were, uh, we were tailgating, and I don't know why I remember this, but it feels like it feels like in my memory. Like six packs of sixteen ounce cans were like just kind of coming onto the scene. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, so you could get you know they obviously had like the twenty four ounce tall boys and stuff, but like you could grab or like those um no it was the uh uh the cores twist tops. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, but those were like sixteen ounces, and so we were tailgating, yeah. and I. For those of you listening, that was a big and, and it was, was a huge. big thing. It was huge. It was huge. It changed the game <laughs> because what would happen is if you opened a bottle or you opened a can, like that was it. It was open, so you're yeah. either drinking it or it's going in the trash. But with the twist tops, you could throw them back in a cooler. You could walk around and then yep. put it back. Like it didn't matter. Kept the um, carbonation in, like it would. Yeah, the beer so it go wasn't like going flat. flat super fast. Uh, but we were tailgating, and they were. We were with. Them and all of their friends who were JMU fans, and I was like, I was at Liberty for grad school. Also hilarious that I'm getting hammered going to Liberty. Yeah, uh, that's funny in itself. Yeah, so so this is 
your girl, her uh-huh. sister, and then all their friends all who their are friends. all JMU alums or friends yes. of the program. Okay. Yeah. Semi, who was super liberty, and I was just throwing these. Super liberty. Super. <laughs> <laughs> it was all about liberty. Um, and I was just throwing these these cores twist offs back, and like it, it, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, with what it is, and especially with drinking and stuff, like n- no one should have let me into that game. Like you should have just oh, shoved me. You should have shoved me in the back of the car and just like go to sleep. We'll or you know, we'll, we'll get, get you after the game. Yeah. And so I'm sitting in the JMU fan section with all my Liberty stuff on. Just hammered. Hammered. Yelling, screaming, like people are like yelling at me. Liberty goes and down. Not in a fun way. Not in a fun way. No. Liberty goes down at halftime. And I am so pissed just from the like the out like they're thinking they're just like giving like they're just making fun of me like ah like this guy and they don't know that i'm like reeling from the booze yeah and i storm off down around the field to liberty side to the visitor side and now i'm in this section away from all my friends anyone i know and i'm just hammered around all these other liberty fans and like yeah oh god and Liberty loses. And I'm so, like, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to hear about this. Like, they're going to make fun of me all night. And I'm just getting more and more pissed. And I'm, like, storming out of the stadium. I, like, I punched a trash can. I was so mad. Oh, my God. And that's when a security guard was like, hey. And I, like, saw him and just took off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm drunk, six, seven, tearing ass out of this stadium. And uh, I ended up in, like, if it was, like, caddy corner to where the parking lot was. And I end up, I'm just, I'm wandering in this neighborhood, in this town I'm super unfamiliar with. Eventually have to GPS, walk GPS my way back to the parking lot where they've already left because they can't get a hold of me. And I ended up. Like, I just sat on the curb, I think, for, like, an hour while I finally got in touch with someone to come get me, and they weren't happy, and it was a whole fight. But, yeah, got uh, got chased out of a damn chased out of a college football game. Yeah. Shit. Um, <sighs> I just realized something as we were talking about that. I never hit record on the video. Okay, well, this will be an audio-only. Audio-only <laughs> podcast, audio baby. Audio-only podcast. <laughs> Thank God we were you were recording on GarageBand on your end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, Except this is the problem. Here. You guys wanted to do fucking Zoom for the pandemic, and now look what it's done. I know, right? Um, dude, that's crazy. I've I've been chased at a not chased, but I got tased at a game one time <laughs> because everyone's like, we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna rush the field, we're gonna rush the field, and this was at a South Florida game, and then South Florida ends up losing, and they're like, it doesn't matter, we're rushing the field anyway. <laughs> So I jump, and this is Raymond Didn't James. Did you play a, for them? It's a no, no, no. I played for Florida Atlantic University. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> so I jump off the the like I jump onto the field and I start running, <laughs> and then I got tased. And I turned around like you know before I get tased, I, I something pricks me in the back, and I turn and look, and then you hear the yeah, and that's yeah. the taser. And no one was with me, and they were like, "Oh, we were just kidding. We didn't think you'd do it." And it's like, "Fuck you guys, man." Like, seriously, this is back in high school. I was like, you guys are fucking assholes. That's so funny. Um, dude, this was so much fun. We got to do it again, and I'll yeah, be more dude, professional. Yeah. But we'll do – yeah, let's do a part two. You got a ton more stories. Months. We only got to I one got, of the stories you said. I, I got punched in the face in college. I, I was uh, – oh, okay. I want to say this before we go because – Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure this has come up, you know, come up before. You've got so many episodes – uh, I obviously couldn't catch up with the entire uh, the catalog. Entire catalog, yeah. Um, you said like I say the thing about like oh I got chased out of a game and you're like I got tased and it's like I think as as uh, alcoholics people with alcoholism there's always this comparison game of like yeah oh I'm not that bad therefore oh yeah so anybody listening uh, 
if you're worried, you should definitely talk to someone because just because like I've never got arrested or anything versus anybody else's story that's more crazy, like it's not it's not that comparison game. Everybody's living their own life. Like if you feel it, go go talk to somebody. Well said, because that kept me out for a long time. Was I me go too. to meetings and be like, oh, these fucking crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Joe List said it really when Joe List was on the podcast. He said it. It was pretty funny. He goes, "Yeah, I get a lot of people who will email me or DM me and be like, hey, man, like I know you've been sober for a long time. How do I know if I have a problem?'" And he goes, "If you're DMing a stranger on the internet, yeah, you probably have yeah, a problem." Yeah. I oh, I used to say it was it was. <laughs> I mean, you know, hate to take it back to bits, but I was always like, uh, I found out a really easy way to tell if you have a drinking problem if you've ever Googled how to tell if I have a drinking problem. <laughs> You do. You yeah. absolutely do. <laughs> oh, man. This is so much fun. We got to do it again yeah, next yeah. time. I will not forget to hit record on the video. It's weird. I don't know why this video thing. Remember when we started listening to podcasts? It was fucking audio. It was an I, audio. Oh, me. I Everyone still, wants to do video now. I still only I still only listen to them. I'm yeah, I, I don't watch any of them. And I listen to a lot of them, but it's all audio. Yeah. Well, let's but do like this. Like, if you got another minute or two, let's... Hit record on the video, got and it. then let's just do like a promo for it. Oh there my god, go. it just uh, told me. Yeah, it yeah. does that. Yeah, the whole second. Hey, everybody! This week on Brendan Tassif is your ex drinking <laughs> yeah. buddy, my good friend from the south, Brent Blakeney. <laughs> yeah, we talk about comedy and comedy and comedy and the time I got. Uh, I got chased out of a football game because I was. We talk rough. about other stuff though. We talked about, about the fact stuff, that. Yeah. Yeah, how you got into drinking, where you're drinking spiraled out of control. And we tell a really uh, interesting story about Steven Rogers. And if he hears this, Steven he's Rogers, have good friend of the show. about this clip. <laughs> Before he was super, check out his album. Do you have any, uh, plug all your stuff. Okay, uh, yeah, biggest thing, um, go to, you can go to cleanishcomedy.com uh, for all my dates. Uh, my partner, Carolyn, and I, um, we do a lot of shows together. We do shows apart. We have a podcast together called Fried Avocados. Uh, and really the biggest thing, I just focus on uh, just get the Instagram thing, at Brent Blakeney. That's the biggest. Come see me. Come see me on the road. I'll Beautiful. probably be in your town. Probably, because you're in a lot of towns. I'm in a lot of towns. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening at Brennan T Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Check out the one-man show, Ex-Drinking Buddy, a comics look at life, near death, recovery, and redemption. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't have any shows because I live in New York because I'm a sadomasochist, <laughs> and I don't want to get stage time except at open mics because I hate my life. All right. We'll talk to you all next week.